You're listening to the Lovely Preschool Teachers Podcast, the podcast for quick, actionable ideas and tips to help you up your confidence and joy in educating little learners. I'm your host, Ashley Rives. Let's get to the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Lovely Preschool Teachers Podcast. This is episode 22, Tips for Teaching Name Writing. Helping children learn to write their names is one of the biggest topics I see questions on. Early educators want to make sure our students are prepared to enter kindergarten knowing how to write their name, because let's face it, many kindergarten classrooms don't work on that skill much anymore. And while I'm not a firm believer that preschoolers need a lot of paper and pencil handwriting practice, I do hear the cries of the kindergarten teachers, and I try to do my part with teaching name writing. So today I wanted to share with you my best tips for teaching name writing. But before we get into this episode, I wanted to let you know that in episode 21, the one right before this, we talked all about things to do before teaching name writing, because jumping right in and assuming that every child is ready isn't always helpful or productive. It's important to look at handwriting as a progression They started long before they entered your classroom by building some of those fine motor muscles. So I encourage you to take a listen to episode 21 if you have not already. All right, let's jump into the tips. I just have almost a bullet list of tips for you. And the first one that I always recommend to parents and new teachers is to use golf pencils. You know, the ones you get when you go miniature golfing or crayons broken in half. They're a good size for little hands, and they'll make holding them less tiresome. Plus, they're a little bit harder to hold in that whole fist grasp, so it kind of forces them to figure out a different way to hold them. I will admit, for many years before COVID and before they took the pencils away, I might have donated to myself from Ikea the tiny little pencils that they have, but you can also buy golf pencils online, and Handwriting Without Tears even has some with erasers, which my kids also love. So those are some options there. When it comes to actually figuring out where to start, I like to start with the first letter alone. We talk a lot about our first letters. That is our introduction to learning about letters, is learning about each of our classmates' first letters. So it's a great next step. This makes the start of formal handwriting a little less intimidating. You don't have to write this whole thing, right? You don't have to write this big name. We're just going to work on this one letter alone. Now to actually teach this, I use tracing paths for the letters. And what I use is yellow marker or gray when I'm printing something. So if I print it, I print it in gray. If I'm just writing it, I'll use a yellow marker, a pretty thick one. This allows students to see their stroke on top of it. So I'm having them trace on top of this yellow or gray line. I've ditched the dotted letters and the dotted lines and the letters with arrows and all the lines on the paper because I want to keep it as simple and uncomplicated as possible. I want them to see this as something that is exciting, something new they can do, something fun that doesn't have all these rules written around it, right? We're really just working on strokes. So as you are helping them navigate through the strokes that it takes to make their letter, use verbal paths as well. 
So what I mean by this is you're going to create this little saying for the letter so that when they go to write it, you're there as support. So for example, for the letter M, I always say, start at the top, big line down, pick up your pencil, back to the top, down the mountain, up the mountain, down again. So when they start hearing this, they aren't lost in, oh, what do I do next? What do I do next? Because I'm walking them through it verbally. This works great when you think they are ready to move past the tracing paths and work on writing it on their own. Something else I do when they are ready to move past the tracing paths is I'll take a piece of copy paper, cut it in fourths, and only give them a fourth of that paper to write their letter on. That way it's not so confusing, not so overwhelming. Where do I put this letter? Where do I start? Things like that. And it's just this smaller piece of paper for them to focus on. Then when they're really starting to master that first letter, you can shrink down the size, right? We're obviously not going to get, you know, teeny, teeny, tiny, but kind of shrinking down that size and challenging them to see if they can write that letter inside that smaller space to really kind of bring their letters down a little bit in size. Okay, so they've got their first letter down and you're ready to move on to the rest of their name. I like to make tracing paths for the rest of their name, the entire name. Um, This is going to take a lot of practice before students can form their name on their own, but I like to, I don't like to go letter by letter because I don't want to chunk it up too much. So I like to just do the rest of the letters. So if it was max, you know, we've worked on our M and now I'm going to add the AX. For some children, this is a lot of letters and it's going to take a lot of time. For others with short names like Max, it won't be as long. So really just kind of um, setting them up for success by making sure you have those tracing paths for their entire name, making sure you have that verbiage, that that um, reminder of what to do with your pencil. So again, for Max, it would be start at the top, big line down, pick up your pencil, back to the top, down the mountain, up the mountain, down again. You made your M, next is an A circle, pick up your pencil, add a line. And then now you're going to make your X slant down, pick up your pencil, slant down or slide down or whatever it is. And this serves as an auditory reminder of what they need to do. And I say these things as they're using the tracing path. And so then when they go off of the tracing path, it's kind of um, more, more embedded in their brain. And I can also support them right next to them without that tracing path by using the verbiage. Okay, I'm going to take a moment to kind of go off path here for a minute with our tips because I get asked this a ton. And so I figured I would just go ahead and address it. Many people want to know how should I be teaching their names? Should it be all uppercase and then switch to lowercase? Should I do all, you know, the first letter big and the rest small? I'm going to give you my personal opinion on this. Obviously, there is a, um, There are some differing opinions out there in the education world. But for me, as a former first grade teacher, I saw too many children coming in that could not switch all the capitals down to a capital in lowercase, the traditional way of writing it. They had this all capitals in their brain as a muscle memory, and that is what came out, right? They wrote in all capitals. And this translated over to many different types of writing, not just their name. So that experience 
has really kind of shaped my idea behind what we do with our younger preschoolers and how that muscle memory really taps into it. Because as much as you want them to switch, I found that that doesn't always happen. And I'll even see that when I have some friends coming in that learned, you know, at home how to write their name and they're using all capital letters, how hard that is to get them to switch it. Now, I do see some great benefit in helping them see both letters, upper and lower for each letter in their name. I think that is a big, huge benefit in understanding the difference. But when it comes to actually teaching them, having them practice it, I personally believe that the traditional uppercase rest lowercase is the way to go. Take with that what you will. Okay, let's get back to the tips. So when we are working with children one-on-one with name writing, I think it is so important that we follow a child's lead. If they are done after writing their letter once, let them be. Try again later. We don't want to make this process a chore because if they are truly ready to do this, we're not going to have to beg them to do it they're going to be begging us to do it. So if we start seeing that, even though they're showing signs of being ready, like we talked about in the last podcast episode, be mindful of their attention to task, of other things that may be going on, and be respectful to them when they say, you know what, I did it and I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore. And kind of just take that as a, we're going to go down this path slower than maybe some of the other paths we're going down with other children. Another tip is thinking outside the paper and the pencil, because practicing name writing can be really fun. Once we've gotten the basics down and you've really helped children go through the strokes and how to make them, then it's really just about practicing, fine tuning, doing it kind of over and over again and making it, you know, kind of that muscle memory. So after we've really taught them and got them working and they're being successful by themselves, some fun ways to practice name writing um, are to place large pieces of bulletin board paper on the wall and encourage them to write their names on it. That writing vertically helps children build that shoulder stability and it just gives them a new way to write. You could give them something different to write with. Also, we love to write our names in shaving cream on the table. So we'll, you know, put out some shaving cream on the table. They'll they'll, um, smooth it out and use their pointer finger to write that way. And then they can erase it by just gently going over it with their hand. Plus it helps us, you know, kind of clean the tables a little bit. We also like to practice names in a salt tray using just a small paintbrush. So a tray with some sides, you can color salt super easily. All you do is put the salt in a baggie, add some drops of food color, mix it around in there, and you've got colored salt. I've also used old sprinkles before, which is really fun. But pouring that salt in the tray, they make the letter with the paintbrush and then gently shake the tray to even that letter back out and try another one. We also like to, on nice warm days, write with sidewalk chalk on the sidewalk. This is another great way for them to practice writing their name or their first letter. On hotter days, we can use water and paintbrushes to write their names on the concrete and talk about evaporation and what happens. Why did it disappear? 
Why did it dry? Right. Also adding tape to the paper and putting it underneath a low table. So basically you have the paper on the bottom of the table and children are laying on the ground under the table. I usually give them a pillow and giving them a writing utensil and having them write under it. You may even, you know, add a flashlight for, you know, or a lantern for some extra ambiance there, but also building that stability in their shoulders as they're writing almost upside down. Another fun way. We also like to lay paper, the bulletin board paper, the big paper on the floor and encourage children to lay on their bellies and write their names. So also working on that shoulder stability as well. Or adding clear plastic sheaths to the light table, even just like old leftover lamination scraps and have them write on the sheet with a dry erase marker. Chalkboards, chalkboards and whiteboards are also great as well as sentence strips. So, so many different ways to have children practice writing. Now let's talk just a short moment about writing utensils because we talked about using the golf pencils, but what if you're using, you know, a whiteboard, you can't use a golf pencil on a whiteboard. They, I have found on Amazon, some smaller dry erase markers. I've also found smaller regular markers, those like little pipsqueak markers um, from Crayola. Also Coloration now has some, we, we use a lot of those. There's also called Crayon Rocks. R-O-C-K-S. Those really are awesome. A lot of people hand make those because they cannot grasp them with the whole fist. So those are great to use. Crayons broken in half. We've even found colored pencils that were shorter, smaller. Pins that were shorter and smaller. So kind of keep your eyes out. A lot of times where I find this stuff is in like the party aisles as favors Um, for different holidays or for birthdays, things like that. But they, all this stuff is out there. It is, you just kind of have to look. And if you do a Google search, you'll probably find quite a bit of smaller writing utensils. There's so much more than there ever used to be. So if you're wanting to try some of these ideas and want to make sure that the writing utensil isn't overpowering their hand, it isn't too large, look up some of these options as well. Okay, we've come to the end of our tips, but I just want to recap some important takeaways. So the first takeaway, start with first letters before moving to the rest of the name. Number two, sit with the children to make sure they're forming letters correctly. We aren't really helping those kindergarten teachers by not teaching formation correctly. Number three, take the child's lead and don't push too hard. Really make this something that is enjoyable, something that they look forward to, something they want to do. And number four, look for other ways outside of the paper pencil for writing opportunities to just keep things fresh and exciting. Something I've used for many years to aid in teaching my preschoolers how to write their names is to make them each a name writing notebook. It was created for long-term use to help children work slowly in a methodical way to practice name writing. We don't always just use a notebook, but it's a great place for me to start so that I make sure that I'm teaching with purpose and it serves when it's all done as a great way to see progression. If you'd like to learn more about the name writing notebook, head to the show notes at www.lovelycommotion.com episode 22. 
Thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with a friend. This helps me spread the word and help more preschool teachers just like you. Keep being lovely. Bye.